Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast here at jconline.com and through SoundCloud. Uh, Mike Carmen covers the Boilermakers for for jconline.com and the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Uh, following uh, Saturday's uh, victory by the Boilermakers over Michigan State, uh, depending on what poll you look at. And I, I wish we had one poll. Uh, I'm tired of all these different rankings and who uses what. You know, AP poll, Michigan State's number five. They're number six in the coaches poll, which our organization is required to use because it's a sponsored thing with USA Today, and we're all part of the same happy family of Gannett. And then you have the college football playoff rankings. Michigan State was number three. Why is that person out jogging this late? Uh, anyway, going to recap uh, what happened today. I mean, I think you saw it. You've uh, digested it. And uh, you probably know what it means. Um, I hope not, because maybe I can help you out. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Purdue, uh, you know, I, I just really thought that this was a um, a game that was which is why you brought Jeff Brom here five years ago. Uh, he was aggressive in his play calling. He was aggressive in other areas. The team was aggressive across the board. Uh, and, and being aggressive is not just going 100 mile an hour, but just uh, just how they approach things. Uh, you know, I really thought that they were they were um, they were they were just in that mindset from the beginning. You know, they forced a fumble on the first possession, turned that around into points. But throughout the game, you could just kind of, you got that feel like they were just pushing and pushing and pushing, and they were not going to let up. And I I really thought that was the case with Brom on the offensive end, how he called plays. Uh, I mean, he knew that they would struggle to run the ball again, but he kept doing it enough just to kind of keep them honest. But... When it was time to throw the ball, um, you know, he, he upped it another level. Uh, you know, and then the trick play was uh, the trick play, <laughs> you know, a master ple- masterpiece of execution by everybody involved. But I, I just, you know, you go back the last couple years and, you know, Jeff Brom had kind of, in, in my opinion, had, had kind of lost his way a little bit. As far as he was not as aggressive, he was. Uh, it just wasn't the same guy that they hired in 2000, you know, before the 2017 season. And you know, I, I, th- I, you know, I really think he's gotten back to that this year. And it's kind of been a slow, you know, a piece here, a piece there type of thing through the first, you know, eight or nine games. But today, I, I thought it was full bore. Um, you know he was he was going after it. He was going to attack, and he was going to play that way because that's all he's talked about really since the end of last year. Be more aggressive. He wants you know it, it started with the defense last year where they were not aggressive; they were passive, and you know I think everybody knows the reasons why. But um, but it it was always a talking point. It's been a talking point since he made the coaching changes and he brought in 
Mark Hagan and Brad Lambert and Ron English and James Adams on the defensive side and um, just being more aggressive, challenging routes in the secondary, you know, trying to get after the quarterback, trying to move the quarterback off his spot. Um, and, you know, for the most part, I think Purdue's defense has done that. But I don't, I don't think the offense has really matched that level of aggressiveness uh, until today. Um, when you look at some of the situations and what it called for. You know, in the one play I wrote about, uh, that's on jconline.com, if I, if I could plug that, uh, is just the, the play, you know, Purdue's up uh, 13, nine minutes to go. It's still a game. Michigan State has proven that it can score quickly. This comes after the Diedrich Mac- Mackey interception and then, he was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct, which, you know, that was a that was a good one-yard penalty. Uh, but anyway, Purdue's at the you know inside the one. They're not even at the one. They're at the, they're inside the one. They got 99 and a half yards to go to the end zone, and you know they line up at shotgun, and you know other teams have done it. Uh, it's not unique, but I mean, how many? How many teams come out and throw a back shoulder fade to a receiver, which is what they did? You know, Aiden O'Connell on the money, similar to what happened last year to Illinois when they needed to pick up a third down play to secure that game. But a back shoulder fade to David Bell, and he makes the catch, 17 yards, Purdue's out of danger. I mean, they're off the goal line. They can start putting together a drive. And, you know, it takes, you know, it takes some, you know, inner strength to make that call. Because, if, you know, if you do hand off, you know, that, that you know, when you look at it, that, that was the best play, the best option. Maybe not a back shoulder fade, but that was the best option to throw the ball in that situation because you risk a safety and then you give them two points, and then they're going to get the ball back. Um, so throwing the ball really is not the risk. It was kind of the type of play that it was. I mean, you go to your best receiver, and David Bell was having a fantastic game and ended up with a fantastic game. But to have that mindset, to have that aggressive piece in your brain to say, you know, we're, you know, we're here to win the game. And... You know, I think that's, you know, I I think that was the case the whole day for Purdue. I, I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta, I got a sense of it. Just they were there to be aggressive. They were there to go down swinging, as as, as Jeff likes to say a lot. You know, take your best shot, play to win. All those cliches that that people say, but don't always back it up. So you know, I think you give him credit, and I, I know fans, you know, get on get on him and every other coach for play calling and they're not aggressive enough they're too aggressive or you know it's never it's never perfect but you know I, I really think this is a game where you know you, you have to give the man his due for how he prepared his team because they look wonderfully prepared for what they were going to see at least on a de- from that defense and and I, you know, they just they execute. I mean, you can prepare, you can practice, you can do all that stuff, 
but you do have to come out and execute. But they, they seemed to be pretty much locked in on what they were going to see defensively, and they and they took advantage of it. And Aiden O'Connell was brilliant today from a passing standpoint. Um, yeah, he, you know, he took an early sack, and uh, there was another time where he should have run and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the, the, the guy put up 54 passes, and he completed 40 of them for 536 yards. Uh, it's the third most in program history. Uh, but, he I mean, he just was terrific to that. I mean, he just was. And, sure, you know, he, he has David Bell. You know, Garrett Miller had a huge game filling in for Payne Durham. And, you know, they, they hit some, some plays to the running back in the passing game. King Drew had a big game late in the fourth quarter on a screen pass. So, you know, O'Connell was just really, you know, at the, at the top of his game today. And here, you know, that's, uh, I think he completed 74% of his passes. That's the fourth straight game he's been over 70% from a completion standpoint. And, you know, his touchdown to Brock Thompson, he put it right on the money. Uh, you know, the first touchdown pass to David Bell. Bell was in the back of the end zone. Now, the one he wants back is the one to Sheffield, where they had to settle for a field goal um, in the second half. I mean, Sheffield was wide open in the back of the end zone. Aiden just overshot him a little bit. But he, he just had a terrific day at, at, at quarterback, and I, I, don't, I don't think anybody can really dispute that. I mean, him and David Bell are going to be Big Ten Players of the Week. You know, whatever that means. They're both going to share that honor next week because I don't know how you separate them, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, just going back to Brom, I mean, he just he really, you know, this is why Purdue wanted him, I, you know, pretty sure. This is why he makes the money he makes. And, I, you know, that's always a criticism when they lose that, makes too much money. I mean, P.J. Fleck signed a seven-year contract extension this week. He gets beat by Illinois. That's why I, you should never announce a contract extension during the season because you go out and lose a game, and this is what this is what happens. But you know, I, you know, in Purdue defensively, there was there was two drives in the second half that I thought were just huge uh, for the Purdue defense. You know, Horvath comes out and he fumbles on the first possession of the. The second half, Michigan State takes it in the scores. It's 21-all. You know, is this where the tide's going to turn uh, in a negative way for Purdue? You know, Purdue does answer. Uh, they get a nice touchdown drive, and King Drew scores. But the defense came out after that and had two three-and-outs. Michigan State ran six plays for eight yards. And Purdue's defense got control of the game again. And... You know, they were able to, to move the ball, get in field goal range, and Mitchell Finner, who has, you know, struggled recently, it made four straight field goals. And then all of a sudden, a, a seven-point game is a 10-point game, a 10-point game is a 13-point game, <coughs> excuse me, and then a 13-point game is a is a 16-point game. Yeah, you want to have touchdowns in those situations, but uh, I, I think you felt good how the defense was playing. Uh, at that point, and they, and they played pretty well. I mean, they they did give up 458 yards, and you know Kenneth Walker, uh, he's a real deal. Uh, he should be part of the Heisman uh, discussion, uh, and you know I, I think he's probably got a good shot to get to New York City and be a semifinalist. He probably won't win it, uh, but, but 
I mean, he ran for over 100 yards in the first half, but really then didn't get going in the second half, in part because they didn't have the ball a whole lot because Purdue's offense was playing keep away and, you know, Purdue's defense was forcing three and outs. Uh, but I, I thought those two series there in the second half with the defense to, you know, get the ball back to the offense, let them do their thing, and then do it again, you know, I thought that sequence was really big uh, for Purdue to kind of get the game back under their control. And, you know, you, you always hear about it where in every game there's adversity that's going to strike, that's going to cause you to, you know, pick your path. And in this case, Purdue picked its path, and it was uh, one where, you know, they were able to rebound and, and get back and uh, and get, you know, get the game on their side and, and uh, you know, kind of control things from that way. But, the, you know, the defense played well. The linebackers were involved in a lot of plays. You know, the secondary, you know, defended well. You know, Dedrick Mackey had a had a key interception there late uh, in the game or early in the fourth quarter that, you know, kept Michigan State out of the end zone. You know, George Karloftis had a fumble recovery uh, on the first series after, I think, Marvin Grant came down and, you know, dislodged the ball from uh, from Walker. Um, so Purdue got a couple more takeaways. That's 13 takeaways in the last, what, four games now? Uh, so that part of that part of Purdue's game is is hitting its stride, uh, and then when you piece everything else together, you get a a forty to twenty nine win. I mean that's just that's just how it happens. You know I think uh, Jack Sullivan is a guy that played well today on the defensive line. Um, you know Kydron Jenkins uh, did play, he did start, but he, he didn't look a hundred percent. And really, nobody's 100% this time of year, but he, he didn't move as well as he had been moving. So, you know, Jack Sullivan's a guy that can play uh, defensive end and defensive tackle. So he was able to get in there. I think he finished with five tackles. He, he did well. He, he played well. He's getting a lot more snaps here recently. Um, and they just, they, they have pretty good depth on that, on that defensive line. Uh, when you, you know, when you go right down through it, and Mark Hagan's done a really, a really good job with that group, and you know I've I've said all along that I, I really believe that 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 group is the strength of the defense, um, and um, yeah, I mean they they gave up rushing yards today, but um, you know they, they you make plays you know when you when it's time, and for the most part this season, not not uh, not all the time, but for the most part, Purdue's defense has. Has stepped up and and done done pretty well. I mean, I don't think anybody can really debate how much better this defense is compared to a year ago, uh, and their ability to get off the field on third down, uh, their ability to, to keep teams out of the end zone. Uh, yeah, they gave up 29 today, but you know the offense kind of you know did it did its part today, uh, and kind of been waiting on that a little bit too. Waiting on the offense to have one of these games where you where you get almost 600 yards and you uh, you move the ball through the air and you get you get big plays and uh, you know special type plays and game turning plays like the the trick play where you know Jeff Brown said afterward that he found found that play on YouTube from a high school 
team, and when when they ran it, when he ran it for the first time, it also was a touchdown. So, um, so everything kind of fell in place today, and you know now Purdue, as we mentioned, they're bowl eligible. Uh, it's a uh, you know, it's something that doesn't happen a lot at Purdue, where they're bowl eligible this early in the season. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not. I know it's not really early in the season. It's late in the season, but they, they don't get bowl eligible in early November. They usually wait till the next, the last week or two to to figure it out. But now they're bowl eligible. You know, they've got more to play for. Uh, while they are tied uh, atop the Big Ten West with two other schools, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Both those schools have beaten Purdue. Now, Minnesota and Wisconsin play each other. Basically, for Purdue to win the West, they would have to win out and then hope that Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, lose. And one will lose because they play each other, but that's not going to be the last game of the season. They would need, for example, Minnesota to lose another game and then hope Minnesota beats... Wisconsin to give them a third loss, but Purdue ha- would have to win out, and we all know where they go next week. They go to Ohio State. Um, you know the likelihood of Purdue winning out is not is not great, and you know, and I don't know if in the, in the bigger picture it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if they win out uh, because I you know, it's just a huge long shot for them to win the West. Now, if they could have beaten Minnesota or Wisconsin in one of those games, then they would be in a much better position, much better position. But, you know, things happen for a reason, and things are where they are because of what has happened. And if you would, if Purdue would have won one of those two games, who knows if they beat Michigan State? Who knows if they beat Iowa? So take things as they are. Don't go back and say, well, if they'd have done this, if they'd done that. Now, Purdue is where they're at because of what has happened and they, they they are where they should be you know you are what your record says you are and I think pretty pretty much produce right where they are now uh, if they don't beat Ohio State then they still have an opportunity to win a couple more games at the end of the year against Northwestern Indiana and get to eight wins I mean I okay all right here on the table I, I really didn't see Purdue as an eight-win team this year when you looked at the schedule. Um, you know, they were going to have to upset some people just to get to six, in my opinion. And they've, they, and they've done that. They've upset a couple teams. But they've also kind of taken care of business when they should. You know, Minnesota's a team they, they struggle with. I mean, we all know that. Wisconsin's a team they struggle with. You know, we all know that. You know, they struggled with... You know, they were not going to beat Notre Dame this year. Um, so, but what they've done is, they, you know, they beat Iowa and they they beat Michigan State and they beat Nebraska on the road. So, they they they've they've done their part up to this point, but they have an opportunity to be an eight win team. Um, now whether they are good enough to be an eight-win team is another question. But they're looking at potentially being an eight-win team. Now, if they went out, they'd be a nine-win team. But, um, you know, that's what's in front of them. 
you know, Brown's going to preach the one game at a time. You know, it's a one-game season, and so on and so forth. You know, it's our jobs to to kind of get beyond that and kind of tell you hey, what's ahead. And you're thinking like that too. So, um, yeah, but this is, uh, you know, back in August or back in September. I mean, I don't think many people thought that would Purdue would be in position to to have an opportunity to win eight games. You know, I certainly do think so. I thought I thought six uh, was was achievable, and I thought seven would probably be the high water mark for this team if everything went right, and if um, you know if they didn't suffer too many injuries. And they kept, and they kept the main players healthy. That then they would have an opportunity, maybe to get seven. Um, and they've had some injuries to, to key guys. I mean, Corey Trice hasn't played, you know, other than the first two games of the year. Uh, he's one of their better cornerbacks. Um, but Jamari Brown has come in and and stepped in and, and played well. Uh, so um, they've done it with with overcoming some injuries and overcoming some adversity. Um, and they've done it because their stars at times have been stars. I mean, that's, that's when you, when you get right down to it, their stars, George Carlotis and David Bell, they've been stars at times and they've, you know, David Bell, big, big game today, David Bell, big game against Iowa, two marquee opponents, two big games for David Bell, George Carlotis. I, I know you, you look at his stats and they're, they don't impress you, but, the dude has an impact in every game. And NFL scouts sees that, sees that, and they know that. Everybody sees it. Just watch the game. He, he, he impacts the game in some fashion virtually on every play because you have to pay so much attention to him. But Purdue stars have been stars. And then, and then they, the guys that are not technically quote stars are, are raising their level of play at, at the right time. A guy like Aiden O'Connell who, we would not classify as a star, but he's a pretty damn good quarterback right now. And today kind of proved that against the, uh, you know, a pretty good defense. Although Michigan State came in with some, some warts on its pass defense and had ranked last, uh, in the, in the Big Ten in pass defense. But you still have to go out and make the plays and make the throws. And Aiden O'Connell is doing that right now. And you got a guy like Jackson Anthrop. Uh, not a star by any means, but he's been a solid player for this in this program for now, what, ten years? Fifteen? I lose track because he's such he's been here such a long time. Kidding, of course. This is his sixth year. Um, but that's and and they've done this with a with an offensive line that really is just there. I mean, it's not. Um, you know, it's not a great offensive line, but they, they've done things pretty well together. Now, you know, they struggle in the run game. Uh, part of that is them. Part of that not having that, that back, that lightning quick back or that, that big running back. Um, you know, Horvath's just getting back into the groove, but, um, and some of it is, you know, Brom also committing to the run. He did that against Nebraska. And, um, he did it as much as, as much as he could today. Uh, still trying to, to keep the run game going. So, um, you know, produce at this point because of a lot of different factors. 
Um, and you know, and they can, and they can go farther and they can push farther. And it probably would be a bit of a disappointment at this point if they did not push beyond six wins. Uh, I mean, realistically, eight's going to be the high water mark now. You know, if, if Purdue ends up eight and four, you know, you're going to, you're going to chalk this up as a really good season for them. Um, cause, you know, as I mentioned, I, I didn't, I didn't think eight was really that, that much possibility for them at the start of the year. A lot of things would have to go right. And, you know, so far they have, uh, because of the schedule, you got Ohio State, Northwestern, and, and, and Indiana. But if they get to eight, that would be a, a, a really good season. They'll, they'll get in a good bowl game, um, and then and then go from there. But you know, today was another just kind of another big win. It was kind of you know reminiscent a little bit of the Ohio State game from a few years ago, uh, where things kind of things kind of clicked and Purdue got going downhill and they just could not be stopped and then all of a sudden you look up there's a sea of humanity on the Ross Age Stadium turf because you just upset one of the better teams in in, in college football um, so overall um, it was a good day for the Boilermakers um, and you know now they got to get ready for Ohio State and Ohio State you know, the doors open for Ohio State to run away with the Big Ten East uh, because of Michigan State's loss today uh, and then play in the championship game. Uh, so they're going to be eager to, uh, to to get that out. But, uh, you know, again, I think overall Purdue played well today. You know, they continue to keep their penalties down. Um, and they're just, you know, there's a lot of things that they're, they're kind of doing right right now. You, you know, you've... You're on a bit of a of a winning streak. Uh, they're going to feel good about going to Ohio State, but that, as you know, that's going to be a daunting challenge, uh, and it has been for uh, for a lot of teams. And I, I don't believe that Ohio State has lost a Big Ten game since Purdue beat them in 2018. I could be wrong on that, but I don't I don't think that that's the case. I don't I don't think they've lost a conference game since that October night at Ross Age Stadium. So they they certainly don't want to, to lose that game on Saturday because uh trust me on this, uh Ohio State fans get really worried when Purdue's on schedule. Uh you know, time and time again you you've seen it happen. Most times it happens at Ross Aid. Uh but time and time again again it happens where Purdue surprises the Buckeyes or plays them close to the very end, and they all get worried. They all get bent out of shape. They really get worried and bent out of shape when the game's at Ross Aid. But, but there'll be, there'll be some concern now since Purdue's on this little winning streak and they're coming off beating Michigan State and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it should be a fun week uh, leading into that game. And, of course, you got the basketball season opening up on Tuesday against Bellarmine uh, and then a game Friday night against Indiana State. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, the Purdue Ohio State game will be 3.30 on Saturday on ABC. Uh, that information came out late Saturday night. Uh, so you've got a full weekend of, of, uh, Purdue sports to, to kind of keep you occupied, uh, going into this week. Well, again, appreciate you stopping by. You have questions, you have concerns. I do have, we, we do have some, I do have some questions and email that I need to get to. I'm not going to get to them tonight. But, uh, you know, maybe early next week, I can devote a, uh, 
devote one of these uh, podcasts to answering a few questions in the email. And if you have questions or comments, uh, feel free to email them in or DM on Twitter. Uh, the email is mcarmin, C-A-R-M-I-N, at gannett.com, G-A-N-N-E-T-T, uh, dot com. Or you can just tip my, my DMs are open, as the young kids say. Not sure what that means, but they, they are open, so you can communicate with me if you, if you would like. Uh, but anyway, Purdue, nice win for the Boilermakers today, 40 to 29. Lots of people contributed. Um, but, you know, they're, they're bow eligible. Uh, so, you know, they're off and running in November, and we'll see how, uh, the rest of the month plays out. Uh, until next time, and remember, daylight savings time. Get an extra hour. I'm looking forward to that tonight. All right. Have a good day, and thank you for, for listening.